Welcome to Incamara Podcast, Private Legal Marketing Conversations. Grace, welcome back. Hi, Liel. How are you today? Doing great, Grace. We've slightly changed here the schedule uh, in which we record. And so, as I was saying, uh, it's, uh, it's great. It's just the beginning of the day for me. And I'm excited to be back. Good, good. And uh, you had a, a new uh, adventure today with everybody going back to school. Yeah, you know, I think that you feel that you have well under control until you realize that uh, there is just things have been slightly shifted in a way that you did not expect. And so you just need to put up with it. Right. So that's, you know, life with kids, but uh, you learn how to cope. So today we want to talk about LSAs. LSAs have been loved by many law firms that have found in them a great way of boosting their lead acquisition and increase their overall metrics when it comes down to digital marketing performance. But with that being said, they've also been very much controversial from the standpoint that they are not subject to the same scrutiny that goes into uh, the way that Google regulates Google My Business profiles per se, or Google Ads campaigns. And so we're going to dive into that in just one moment. But before we get into that, I want us to just very quickly check the temperature on Camp Lejeune, because in our last conversation, we were just basically looking at facts that just a few days before we uh, recorded and published the podcast, uh, legislation was passed that made the Camp Lejeune mass tort feasible and possible, right? And I'm just going to start here by saying from my experience, what I've seen ever since then is just wild. It's just wild. You see it everywhere if, if i don't know if you remember one of the things that i was saying is that you don't see enough videos of lawyers in youtube or in linkedin explaining and talking well now there is such an abundance that your timeline is just video after video after video after video of uh someone giving insights on Cambodian. so grace to what do we owe such an explosion in interest yeah so it, it honestly, it all came back to what we were talking about before. And that is, you know, they flooded the market before it was even signed. And when you find out about something in terms of fees, right, and the possibility of fees for individuals, including marketing fees that a company can potentially get for selling these leads at a markup, it it became, you know, the cost per click. It became a cost per click wild ride and it's still there and it's get, it's just getting worse and worse, you know, and unfortunately, as I said before, this is not really affecting the marketing companies. It's not really even affecting the, it is to a degree, the, the law firms and stuff like that, but it's really affecting the individuals, right? So to gain a case now, right now is, is kind of crazy in terms of a cost per click because of all the pre-marketing that was done. And now everyone's just driving it up. So, you know, we, we are along for the, you know, as terrible as it sounds, the ride, and it's not a ride for us. Obviously we're a law firm and we want to help the people that are hurt. So 
what what's happening right now is it's just it's a free for all and it's going to continue that way until they've exhausted which is going to be a while until they've exhausted either the funds or the amount of people out there that have been affected which it's going to be a lot of people right because there's so many years decades of the time frame and then it's the not just the people that live there but it's also their families that live there that could have been affected by this by the Camp Lejeune toxicity in the water. That's right. If I'm not mistaken, Grace, when we had our conversation talking and reviewing about what was Camp Lejeune all about, I, I believe it, it was expected to be up to a million people. So, you know, a lot. It's a big market. Um, and so it's just gone from being uh, moderately marketed to just saturated Explosion. in a matter of, yeah. As soon as it was signed. Um, the, yeah. the week that it was signed, it went nuts. Like there were TV ads, like almost 24 seven, which if anybody knows marketing, that's probably one of the most expensive mediums to have out there. And it went from, um, general marketing groups to now law firms are marketing on the TV with the TV ads with their name at the bottom as it's supposed to be obviously, but that it went from, you know, just, I think that they were. This is what usually happens, right? A marketing company will come in, they hear about something that they could potentially make money on. So they start get, getting leads and they start getting warm leads and then they go from there. They're able to either send, sell ad spend or in the case of gathered lead lists, they're able to sell that as well. So there's gonna be a markup across the board for anybody that's not doing it themselves. It's just how it goes with any leads. I mean, what do you think about that? Because I know, I know you have a lot to think and to say probably about that whole situation with the uh, marketing companies and, you know, and just kind of how like, yeah. everything works. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I, I think we need to call things as they are uh, for what they are, right? Marketing companies, in reality, lead generation companies, yeah. right? And these are people that really just go out of their way to try to generate interest from people that may or may not qualify, but they have some level of interest on the potential mass stored. And then depending on the type of services and agreements that they have, they'll sell that either as kind of like a, a raw lead or uh, do a little bit of the work themselves to try to pre-qualify and then qualify them. And so I will tell you, Grace, that, um, you know, as, uh, as, as Hispanic marketing experts that we are, I've been bombarded with emails from lead vendors asking for Cambridge leads. It's just requests are coming from everywhere. And I wanted here just to, to take a moment to share with you because it's really interesting to see how the actual search volumes for Accomplice June have increased over the past just couple of months. It is really something that happened just in a matter of since June, since May actually. Uh, particularly from June to July, you can you can you see here, Grace, yeah. how the, the numbers were, you know, for the entire of 2021, all the way until April of this year, there were less than potentially 100,000 search queries coming in, including the words Camp Lejeune or anything that has to do with Camp Lejeune. Then from May all the way up to July, it it would it increased from May to June to close to uh, five hundred thousand, and now it's uh, at a million search queries per month on Camp Lejeune. 
Now, you can see also here what's been the cost per clicks uh, that we have. So at the moment, and this would be based out of data up until July, it wouldn't necessarily include what they're going on for now. And that is quite significant, right? Because up until July, we were talking about a period where theoretically it was not good practice to advertise for Camp Lejeune. So theoretically, the, the, the good and ethical players were not in the market putting up ads for Camp Lejeune. And we can already see that the cost per clicks were at $25 for Camp Lejeune lawsuit, right? It's just kind of like a, a, a very high intent, very, very specific search query. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if things look completely different nowadays, and that could potentially already be getting close to the $100 mark. Um, and it will, it will also depend in which markets, right? Obviously, you know, in the proximities of Camp Lejeune in South Carolina, in the North Carolina, North Carolina region, and so maybe things are more in demand, more expensive than in other parts of the country. So again, we're looking here at search volumes at a national level, and so the the, the cost per clicks that we're going to be looking at here are average ones. Uh, they're not necessarily at hot points, which could be other military bases and whatever um, is likely to be the geographical location of people who used to be who used to live in Camp Lejeune, where are they likely to be nowadays? So um, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm not surprised for what you're saying, but um, it's going to be really interesting to see how things turn out here. It certainly is. I mean, you could see the the crazy lines and the trends and how it just went flat, 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 and then just straight up in the last few weeks, like you said, last month. It's it's insane. Yeah. I mean, we saw the trends and the numbers just prove what we've been talking about. <laughs> It's an interesting time. And, you know, I, I'm interested in hearing um, the experts really talk about uh, what's, what's going to be the progression of this master, how things are going to be moving forward, uh, and what's the real outlook. Because a lot of times, as you said, I mean, uh, marketeers, uh, including myself, you know, we, we don't know the ins and outs of this, right? We we don't we don't understand the 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 complexities and legalities of this as well as the people who are actually litigating and uh, uh, running with these uh, lawsuits. So it's gonna be very interesting to see, you know, whether the hype matches the the legal proceedings, right? Yeah. I have I have two or three things about that. Then you know um, about the legal side of it, right? Mm. And uh, Mm -hmm. So I, I do have some insight onto the forms uh, because anybody that knows mass torts and really any lawsuit period, there's there's a three-step process. It's very, very basic, okay? And, and if you look at it like this, it's just three parts. First part is criteria and medical records to prove the injury, right? Because you got proof of injury, proof of use, and then the form that needs to be used to file that goes with the courts. So if you take it into three parts, if you can prove that the person was there, that's proof of use, right? Or proof of exposure in this case, then you can prove that the person had an injury because they had an injury during the timeframes that they were there or within a certain time frame of when they were there. And it's a cancer, of course. If cancers are usually, because uh, they're so severe, a cancer, it's going to be a lot higher in terms of what they could get in terms of compensation. It's usually on a matrix yeah. basis, right? So the worse you are hurt, the longer you were exposed, 
the more compensation, technically speaking, you should get. So with that being said, you've got the proof of usage or exposure, the a proof of injury, the cancer or whatever is being accepted in terms of the criteria. You get the medical mm -hmm. records to prove all of it. Um, and then it goes to the forms. So they initially had a form. Um, I believe it was called Form 95. Uh, I have to check exactly the form number. But all these forms have their own names and numbers. This one in particular was just recently updated in the last week, maybe the last week or two. And it's more specific to Camp Lejeune. I don't know if you recall, but the last podcast I was talking about the form they were using and it was yeah. very basic and it was not really meant for yeah. Camp Lejeune. Well, they've since updated that. And now there's a, a, a short form slash long form that has been updated that is specific to Camp Lejeune and Camp Lejeune's injuries and problems. So that form is what you need to file. Of course, you need And is it, a, is it a nightmare of a form? It really isn't. It's actually very basic. It's straightforward. It's like one page, page and a half. If you, you know, look at it, small print, yes, because most forms for the government are. But it is a basic one-page form that basically says, this is all the injuries, this is what's happened, and this is my story as it applies yeah. to Camp Lejeune and my injury. So it, it's yeah. not going to be that hard. And I think that's the main reason why so many people are getting involved in it, because it's yeah. almost like the 9-11 fund, as I mentioned before. If you had the injury and you can prove X, Y, Z, you should be able to file the form and get funds until they run out. I certainly feel here that a lot of people, and it's interesting because even people that you don't usually see involved in mass storage, like all from the Southern are putting out content on it and they're starting to talk about it, particularly, you know, in the low hanging fruit channels like social media and such. So um, it certainly has generated a lot of uh, hype and there's a lot of attention going to it. Grace, thanks so much for the update. And we're going to be coming back to this ever so frequently because honestly, again, you know, just to wrap this up, I've, I don't recall in the time that I've been following mass storage for any other type of mass storage to have generated this amount of interest. If anything, maybe Zantac, but it was not so fast. It, 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 it didn't happen like you saw just right now the the search volume here in, in Google. I mean, you're talking about 10xing the search volume in a matter of 60 days. And this is all the way up until July. Now that now that now that the, the level of awareness that are is being generated on this is uh, significantly higher, it is potentially going to continue climbing up over the next few months. So it's um, yeah, it's very it's a very unique situation. But Grace, as we were saying at the beginning of our conversation, we want to dedicate some time here to talk about LSAs and, you know, kind of like the true story behind LSAs, because as I said, they're loved by some, but they're also much hated by many others. And um, Grace, as, as I shared with you earlier this week, I came across an article here that was published by Leonard Raleigh who is a marketeer and he particularly helps a lot of law firms do LSAs in the California market. Sounds like it, or at least a lot of his examples are from the California market. And so he's done a terrific job here in identifying 
some of the main issues that LSAs have. And I love how he put together his article, which obviously you're going to get a link to it on the episode notes, because he basically doesn't just talk about the problems, but he also talks about potential solutions that Google could be uh, implementing in order to create a better LSA experience for users and for advertisers alike. So, uh, you know, I'd like you, Grace, to just... First, explain briefly what are LSAs. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know, local service ads, LSAs, are supposed to help you connect with people locally, meaning nearby, right? That nearby term that you've seen or used to see, near me, nearby. Uh, local service ads are supposed to help you gather or gain trust in your market as a verified business in your local area. Local service ad. Yeah. So it's supposed to help you, particularly in the for us in the legal industry, it is supposed to help uh, consumers know that you are a Google verified local lawyer in their area that can be trusted because you were verified to have a state bar license. That's what it boils down to. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, Grace. This is exactly what local service ads wanted it to solve, right? It wanted to give a way for law firms to advertise in an easy way. And not just that, but it also was rewarding the LSA advertisers with the best placement in the search results page, which is going to be the very, very top of the search results page. Right. And so I think Google, when they designed this concept, what they had in mind is like, okay, how can we make sure, how can we vouch for lawyers that they are actually real lawyers and not just put anyone in there because we want to differentiate this type of advertisers from the other advertisers that are going to be showing right under them, which are the search ads, right? Uh, which search ads could be run by anyone. They don't necessarily need to be lawyers. There are still some rules and regulations to search ads, but they don't need to be actually run by lawyers. This could be lead generation companies, whereas LSA ads can't. They need to be tied to a licensed lawyer, just like you've said it. So uh, Google said, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a thorough process of verification, of background verification of the lawyer. And once we've approved that, then that's it. We're going to make sure that that uh, lawyer can then start running ads and show up as a verified lawyer. Ever since then, they've increased um, the, the qualifiers to get you to show ads. They also want you to have at least 12 reviews on Google My Business. But here is the funny thing. Okay, and that's going to be the first issue that we're encountering with LSAs. LSAs do not have to be tied to a Google My Business account as of now. And so what happens here is that you could be a law firm in Fort Lauderdale. And then in order to be able to show up as local in Orlando, you could basically just claim to have an office in Orlando, say you in a WeWork or in a Regus or in some sort of shared uh, workspace that, you know, gives you a right to a um, physical address and you register your LSA account there as if you were there. 
you do the background verification on you as a lawyer. And because you are in the state of Florida, you know, you can uh, practice law in the state. So you, so your, your license and everything is going to be accepted, valid. And that's it. Because Google is not going to verify the location the same way that it verifies Google My Business listing or uh, business profile, Google Business Profiles listings, which, by the way, another thing that we've acknowledged very recently is the terminology has changed, right? So because there is not that scrutiny, it's easy to actually create for one single law firm, multiple locations in multiple cities. And here is the thing, Grace, it's that not only... It, this is obviously saturating the market because now all from the sudden in smaller markets, you have more than a hundred plus law firms listed as LSA advertisers, but several law firms inside the same markets, they're creating multiple local service ads accounts, right? And there's actually an example there in the article of a law firm somewhere in California that actually shows twice, same guy, same name, slightly different name to the law firm. And so that's the thing, right? Google will allow you to have multiple local service ads account as, as long as the name of the, of the business is, is a variation, right? Is a, is a slight variation. And it's very interesting because in some, some states, it's not hard to get a document to register you as doing business as, right? And so that is enough of a hack that you need to get yourself listed multiple, multiple time in local service ads. And so who suffers here, Grace, right? Obviously, number one, real local law firms are the ones who are really getting eaten up by competition that is not even local and they're basically running campaigns in a very unethical way. It's not fair. And yeah, it's not. So, you know, I want to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love Google because Google has always tried to make things about the user, right? And then reward advertisers that care enough about the user. So this is definitely a little hole that they've found themselves in. Um, and so part of the article, you know, where he's mentioning that, you know, for $26 in California, you can get a DBA, you know, there's, a, there's plenty of ways to game the system. And if there's a way to game a system, someone's going to find it, right? That's just, that's the nature of marketing. <laughs> and that's the nature of business in general. It's terrible, but it's the reality. So with knowing that reality, there are things that, can be done as the gentleman says in his article and that is for me what needs to be looked at and since google i mean real, google does care right it cares about people getting to a, a true i mean they do background checks so you know you you would hope that since they're doing a background check on an attorney and that the the attorney and the law firm that they work for or that they own would be ethical and you know that is not gaming the system and I'm not saying, and I'm not putting, casting any aspersions on anybody because I will never do that. <laughs> and I'm not a lawyer, so I'm always going to say that as well. Um, but the reality is in marketing and ethical marketing has to do with not gaming the system and playing fair 
in so much that you are local, then you can be a local service ad person and using the law firm that you have and using the, the, the normal way of doing it. Because if, if you're a thought leader and your community, your community, which is what the point of a local service ad is, your community sees you as an expert, they're going to keep coming back to you and word of mouth will spread. And so will your ads, yeah, right? Because intent. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it feels very unfair and I'm hoping and I, I do trust that Google will come up, I'm hoping with more solutions and give us forums and things like that, that we need to be able to complain, you know, and, and report these problems. Yeah, absolutely, Grace. So that's kind of like the first part of the problem. It's easy to get in the system. It's, it's not hard. Now, here's, here's the thing, right? If your LSA campaign is actually associated to a Google My uh, Business Profile, which again, it doesn't have to, uh, then Google Business Profile will actually feed some of the reviews to your uh, LSA account. And therefore, you're going to be able to stand out from those who are just coming up with fake accounts, right? You would think, because we all know how hard it is to get Google My Business, uh, Google Business Profile reviews. And so it takes time, it takes effort. And so when you are thinking about who is it that you usually see on local service ads is people who actually have significant number of reviews. So you would think that would stop the problem. Only the legitimate law firms will be able to show up because the unlegitimate ones, like they, are, they won't have reviews. Like how can you create that many reviews on a, on, on, on a account that it just been created a few months ago. Well, that comes here comes the second part of the problem. The, the second part of the problem is that local service ads are saturated with fake reviews. And so in case you have not noticed, you can actually go to a local service ads listing and you can leave a review there and you can do that anonymously as well. And you don't necessarily have to uh, rely on a Google business profile to generate reviews for LSA. And for those who, who know and do not know, there is a black market of reviews and you can buy these ones. You can buy them. It's actually hilarious that the, in the article, they point out that the, the frenzy of actually getting on LSAs is so much that now LSA reviews are more expensive than uh, local guide reviews on Google uh, My Business. Which, by the way, the fact that these uh, markets exist and that these things are for sale doesn't mean that you should do them. If Google were to to identify that that's what you're doing, they would shut down your Google business profile in a blink of an eye. But what we are noticing is that it's not happening in local service ads. So what is the problem here? Well, the, the problem here is that Google's not taking action and it's not, being, it's not getting solved. And one other thing that happened since the beginning of this month is that on mobile devices, Grace, I don't know if you've noticed, but usually on local service ads, only two advertisers show up. It's only two different law firms that show up. Then you have the search ads, local pack, and then organic listings. Well, it looks like Google started experimenting earlier uh, this month 
with three local service ads listings in the search results page on mobile devices. And it's basically a signal that Google is considering give even more prominence to local service ads. But the problem that we're having here is that local service ads are, are full of spam. And so it's frustrating. The hope here is for Google to make it easier for users and advertisers alike to report this type of unlegitimate listings that are showing up. One thing, Grace, that you may remember we talked about earlier this year was the introduction of My Ads Center, where Google is going to allow you to set up preferences for your ads. And when they made those announcements, they've also, um, you know, um, announced that they are going to be changing the way that search ads show the why am I seeing this ad, where you're going to be able to report ads. Remember, we talked yep. about that for the search yep. network. That needs to come into play for local service it ads. Be. It has to. It has to. It cannot, it cannot have a completely different setup of rules that allow full out-of-control spam. And it's very interesting, Grace. I think that Google has allowed this to go on uh, for so long and they don't seem to be, I, I don't know if they're trying to figure out a way of implementing a solution that um, it's scalable or whether they're holding up to completely change the process of qualifying for an LSA ads account. But... Um, in the meantime, I mean, this is creating damage that in some markets is costing law firms tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars because the CTR that local service ads generates is significant, uh, particularly when you're looking at the English speaking market. And it's certainly putting at big disadvantage local advertisers in, in some markets and, and you know, this it's very interesting to look at this article because it, it it shows how California, one of the most competitive markets for personal injury in the in in the United States, I would say the most competitive market in the United States, is just uh, it's a hell when you look at uh, local service ads. Google usually does pretty good in coming up with a solution, so I I, I have faith in that they're going to do something and. What you said about them potentially revamping versus fixing, you're right. I, I'm used to them like either fixing something kind of as they go along and releasing little updates or not saying anything and then all of a sudden it's completely revamped. So I have a feeling that it's going to go that way with the LSAs, that they may just say, okay, this was an experiment that worked up to a point, but we need to revamp it because there's too many problems with it. Me, for me, I think the ultimate solution on LSAs would be to connect it to your Google business profile. A hundred percent. I think that would be the Mandatory. Answer. Yeah, mandatory. Mandatory Mandatory because right now, Grace, as of now, it's, it's crazy, but there is actual Google business profiles listings that have been suspended, but the actual LSA account stays on, right? It's still there. Same business, same law firm. Google My Business Profile suspended, identified as illegitimate, invalid, the whole thing. Yet Google just yet LSA uh, ads campaign stays there. 
and that 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 shouldn't be that shouldn't be allowed. That shouldn't be the case. It's a do- it's it's really a double standard. And 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 here's the thing, right? Because it has the verified note to it, and and I think you know Google's not really thinking much of of the impact that this has on them by having us verified something that you can literally see in front of your eyes that it it's not it's not correct right i mean how how can you be a law firm in a market relatively small with two different offices with two different businesses in the same location and that's visible to users when same person same advertiser shows up twice on the local service ads section in in a in any given market so so yeah i i i think as you're saying grace also that you know well i i want to hope that google is gonna make a, a bigger, more significant connection between local service ads and a Google My Business listing, that, or uh, just potentially implement more so of the requirements that uh, they're putting up on Google Ads campaigns, uh, advertisers to get verified uh, from, as, uh, from the business standpoint. And most importantly, it needs to become more transparent in the way that it allows feedback to be given about particular advertisers. Because for Google My Business, if you feel that a business has incorrect information, Google makes it extremely easy for users to report that and to share comments uh, and feedback on it. That does not exist on local service ads. It needs to become a more transparent platform. So, Grace, we are at the point that we need to come up with some takeaways. So, my first takeaway is, um, I think we could use Camp Lejeune on my first takeaway. Um, You know, keep an eye, always, right? I mean, this one kind of hit pretty fast and furious, so which doesn't happen too often. But I, I think it is always important to keep an eye on things that are coming down the pipeline. And again, this one was very unusual, but that doesn't mean that there are not other things that are still behind it. Right. And so um, just, you know, as, as Leo had said near the beginning, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the, what's happening with the legal side of it. So for the non-marketers, the legal, the actual lawyers on here, um, you know, obviously this is, you can still get into Camp Lejeune and it's still a viable um, mass tort to be involved in, to help individuals. Um, because as he said, there could be over a million, if not more. Right. So, you know, I think Camp Lejeune as my first takeaway is, you know, if you're, you're free, if it's something that is important to you, if you're military or, you know, it's something that is near and dear to your heart because you're in North Carolina or whatever, get into it. Um, if you can help people, um, cause it's still something that can yeah. help. Uh, I love that one, Grace, and particularly what you say there uh, is very, very important. Uh, don't, don't just forget, right? I think when it comes down to master, it's, uh it's very common that the, the attitude that uh, the market as a whole, both advertisers and the legal side of things, they just kind of like forget about everything else in the world and they just focus all and make it their goal to dominate one particular one, one particular master for whatever the, the duration of that hype 
it's, is happening and uh, you know people forget or lose sight of what else is happening in other areas and, and of course I mean I'm, I'm not saying everyone there's obviously uh, very um, well-structured organizations that are you know well diversified and they're looking at multiple things simultaneously and they measure their uh, efforts in in, in in different uh, areas simultaneously. But for those who are just kind of like running like a headless chicken from one thing to another, uh, it's a good opportunity to remember that the, that the conclusion is not the only mastered happening right now. It's not the only upcoming mastered as well. And so there's other things out there that could represent also a very good opportunity. It's just they're not on the news cycle every evening. And that's uh, one of the reasons why you may forgotten about them or are not paying attention to them. And so, you know, uh, look, at that, look outside your bubble. Grace, I'm going to say going to the LSAs, because obviously, you know, the whole conversation's been about LSAs, is while Google figures out how they're going to be solving this out and they're going to create a, a, a more fair playing field in the local service ad space, I think the better and best way to win this battle is don't rely just on your Google business profile or your LSA account to do the work of establishing you as the right type of firm for your market. Go beyond that, right? Have a strong presence digitally so that Google can look at different sources of information about you and know, look, I don't know about this guy that has 10 or 12 different businesses in the same city with their name, and I don't see any additional information about this particular guy anywhere else online. But I sure see a lot of information about this law firm who has a terrific website, who has a terrific social media presence, who are also being mentioned on the media, who have been mentioned on news in the past, who have authoritative websites pointing back to their side. I see that and I see that they have a very strong and consistent Google business profile and they also have an LSA account and all of it matches right? There is a correlation between all of those. And so I will show that with more frequency. And I do think that has a role to play. I think to limit the LSA algorithm to just things that happen inside the LSA space is uh, not 100% accurate. We know Google doesn't work that way, whether it's openly known or not. And I just think you need to look at that and not try to get into how can I become also very spammy because eventually it's not gonna it's not gonna last it's not gonna pay off no um you know we to your point honestly I think people forget that nowadays they they themselves we have much more informed consumers nowadays so when and a consumer could take 10 different touch points before they before they convert and that those 10 different touch points are your authoritative site, your uh, Google ads with your fantastic reviews on your profile with, you know, posts about the inside of your office, the outside of your office, who you guys are, who the firm is, what you what you stand for. You saw they saw you on the news, everything you just said. Exactly. We have informed consumers. So it's the chances of somebody clicking on your LSA ad because it's got six different times yeah. with six different names and it's the same face people aren't dumb okay 
So they notice these things. And while you're saturating the market, at some point, it's exactly what Liel said, it's not going to work. You know, just like the st meta tag stuffing, the keyword stuffing, the, the fake links to the different sites, that stuff all gets taken down, spam, manual spam actions gets placed, and it's going to be a problem for your company, your business, if you continue to do this, because Google will catch on and it will stop. This, this, these hacks are temporary and, and, and they'll blow up on your face yes. eventually. Um, it's very important what you're saying, Grace, and I will make it our takeaway number three, is uh, don't undermine you, your users and potential clients, right? As you're saying, Grace, their you know, users are much better aware nowadays about how digital platforms work and they can see uh, through these attempts of uh, showing up uh, several times and then them not having heard about you ever before, right? And here is the thing. If you are a well-positioned law firm, if you are in your market, the 800-pound gorilla in your market, this is terrible PR, if you're actually doing and putting up these practices up in place, it's making you look terrible in the eyes of your potential uh, clients and should think about that. Yeah, just do what's right. Be ethical. You know, it's, it's very simple, I think. You know, honestly, it, I live by the golden rule and that applies to this perfectly. Do unto others as you'd like done unto you. And that applies in advertising. Would you like to be advertised to and shown 10 different, the same person, the same firm, and it's ten, lift, listed 10 different times and then takes over the local market with the real person that could actually serve your needs better? I'd be pretty upset. So, you know, if I see things like that, I know and I, I notice, you know, and and I I actually go out of my way not to engage with a business that does that. And if anything, I may engage with them just to see if they truly could provide me with anything and then get a bad review. So, you know, no, it's, <laughs> you know, look, I'm in marketing. Like that's, that's my lifeblood. So when someone goes out of their way to be spammy, it not just angers me, but it really gives a bad taste in my mouth to the whole community, you know, because they're giving us a bad name. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm a marketer with ethics, you know, and I believe everybody mm -hmm. should be marketers with ethics, especially in the legal industry, but any industry. Well, there you have it. Be ethical. Otherwise, Grace going to come after <laughs> you and many more. <laughs> Grace, thank you so much. Really, really um, uh, fun conversation here about a very frustrating topic. And like, we'll keep our fingers on the pulse of what's happening with local service ads and keep you posted. Grace, thank you. And we'll be back next week for a very interesting conversation. Next week it is, Liel. Thank you. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at incamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week.